Welcome to Space Floor MBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flattery. And this is our 64th official episode. Today we're doing NBA Would You Rather. So would you rather see option A or option B? And we're just going to discuss it. I'm really excited. We have never seen any of these before. This is all fan submissions. So let's just get to it. And once again, thanks to everybody who sent us these questions, because this is not just us going out and grabbing it from a random quiz online or from an Instagram account or something like that. These are from our friends and our followers on Instagram. So thanks again to everybody who participated. Yep. So let's just get into it. We have a list of a bunch of things we didn't see. Uh, would you rather see the 96 Bulls in today's NBA or the Curry-Durant Warriors in the NBA of the 90s? Man, this is a really good question. Uh, I, I guess to start it off, um, I've, I've watched the Curry-Durant Warriors play. And so, like, like, I've lived through that and I've experienced it. And so, I, I don't think it's as exciting to me to, to see or to, like, live through that because, I, I don't know, I've experienced it. Whereas seeing Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen in today's NBA, I think would be awesome because I, I, I've, I've never experienced the Jordan mania that, that Bulls. And, and so getting to live through, I mean, especially after watching The Last Dance, um, arguably the greatest team of all time, you know, 73 or 72 and 10, and, the, and then also the championship. I don't know. I, I, I think that I'd rather see that in today's NBA. Um, probably the greatest player of all time than, than watch these two players have already how, how seen. Much, how, much of that, how much of that is trying to see LeBron versus Jordan? That certainly factors into it. Um, you know, that's probably one and two on my greatest players of all time. Let's going head to head. And so we could talk all day about who's better, but the sort of constant thing about NBA debates is that it's really hard to compare era to era. But if you put those two head to head, certainly makes things easier and would be incredible to watch. Um, kind of unlike anything we've ever seen. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why. For me, when I look at this, I, I was just, my initial reaction was just warriors. Like why not? Cause like if your argument makes total sense in that you settle the goat debate, you settle the trans like were the bulls really that good debate. I don't, maybe it's because Curry's my favorite player, but I just want to see him like tear it up in a different era, in an era that like is the least Steph Curry era of all time. That's a really good like, point. Where it's defense, where it's hand check, where it's where it's excessive fouls, um, where it's no threes. I, I, I don't well, know. I would just like love to see Curry just like win an MVP in the '90s like that. I, I kind of think though he wouldn't win an MVP in the '90s. Um, it, the thing is spacing. Um, you know uh, the physicality of it, space. the hand check thing. I, I I think that Steph Curry is incredibly well suited for this era and is arguably he created this created era. this era, right? Yeah. I, so that, and maybe he didn't create this era, but he's certainly creating the next era, which is. Uh, a, a generation of, you know, centers who need to shoot three pointers and all five okay, positions but, you play switchable defense, stretch the floor, do it all. The Warriors would still have the only reason Curry wouldn't win MVP would be mm. well, Jordan. Jordan's in the league, but also like he's on the same team as Durant. I guess like, I he forgot. Was, he, that, would still, yeah. he, he, he would still have all that to his teammates. Now. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I, I guess though, like, I don't know. I, I guess we ignore the fact that like you know, time travel rules exist and that would change everything, you know, but that would certainly, I feel like accelerate 
sort of the change to the the rise in three pointers and all that if you have Steph Curry lighting it up back in '96, and it, and it would have been something that anybody was prepared for. Um, but and then I guess I feel like that team would just sort of outscore everybody because nobody else is shooting a three. So I feel like the '96 Bulls in today's NBA is is a little bit more interesting to me. And and I, I, I of course I'm not a huge fan of those Warriors teams. I I, I kind of saw them as the bad guy of the NBA. Um, and so I don't really need to relive those Warriors team because I was thrilled to see them. Honestly, seeing seeing KD just smoke defenses too. Of like, course. But, but know, he that does that like, he does that right now. Um, whereas I've never yeah. seen Michael Jordan do that, like with like you know in yeah. real time. I I, I want to go see Michael Jordan hit the shot equivalent, you know, in, in the finals. But 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 like I'm living through it, and I don't just take it as a given that he's already won six, you know. Um, yeah. uh, I think we spent enough time on that. We could talk all day, but yeah. So shout out to Tommy Brown for that question. Next, coming from Thomas Richardson, another one of our classmates, would you rather have Zion, Luca, or Giannis to start a franchise? So three options with this one. Mm-hmm. Go. Which one? At this moment, I don't see how you can pick any either of the other two guys over Giannis. Um, I get that they're younger. I get that they might have a little bit more potential or a higher ceiling or something like that, but uh, Giannis is already, you know uh, – Say that he's won two MVPs because he would have won a second MVP this year. He led the Bucs to the first seed in the Eastern Conference this year, and he hasn't so far had the playoff success to match that, but give him this time in Orlando, and I think he probably will. Even if it's not a championship, Given, however, Eastern however, Conference Finals 20, at least. He's 25 and a half years okay. old. Okay, and so Whereas, Zion's like 19, right? Or, and then Lucas. I'm, like I'm not what, going Zion. Or, like, yeah. Zion, not, not Zion, is, like, Zion was great. We've seen him play like 20 games so far, if even. Um, like, chill out a little bit because I don't think that he's quite in the same tier as a two-time MVP. Uh, Luca, I get it. Like, had an awesome year this year. It took a huge leap from his rookie year. But at the same time, I don't necessarily see Luca taking that same jump for next season. You know, I, I think that we saw Luca have an awesome year. I don't think he's quite at Giannis's level, and I'm not sure he'll get there, whereas you already have guaranteed right now Giannis is still a little bit younger than most when most players hit their prime. He's 25, and it's usually like 27. Um, and he's arguably the best player in the league, the best regular season player in the league. Yeah, I, I would just go – I don't know. I feel like I would go Luka because he's more versatile, mm-hmm. and he's more of a shot maker. So, like, the, if you're like, just talking about championship, he's more of a shot maker. The right? argument for Luca, um, and, and once I think we both agree, Zion is not really the, a, a competitor against no. the other two, you know. But but the argument for Luca is, like you said, it's probably easier to build a team around Luka Doncic. Um, he's more suited to the modern style of NBA basketball than Giannis is. Whereas Giannis, you need a very specific type of you know three point shooter and and players you can pass and create their own shot and things like that. Yeah, and so and so best case scenario, he's the ideal person like if you could select mm-hmm. one person in the league to build around he's the guy in this yeah. prime so he's like the best player in the league and also like hella versatile and worst case scenario he's like i don't know like the like the fourth best player in the league and you can you can take that risk you know which yeah. is like it, like Giannis makes your defense better and luca doesn't do that but like i feel like it's just it's easier to build around luca 
and in my mind, I'm a good GM in this scenario. So yeah, I'm going with Luca. Yeah, and, and Luca um, gives you more time as well. But I don't see how yeah, you can exactly. pick anybody except yeah. for Giannis. No, Luca's Luca's a top ten player in the league, at age twenty one. So he's you're gonna have a top ten yeah. player in the in the league for the next ten years. Like I'm taking that. You're, you'll you'll hit like two championships eventually. Um, would you rather see LeBron in the '90s or Jordan in the current era? We kind of did this already. Um, but which which mm-hmm. would you take? I don't know. It, it, it's it's hard because I, nice. I like I like watching the the current era of basketball a lot. Um, so like I don't I, I think that I'd rather watch 2020 basketball than 1990 basketball. To be totally honest with you, I like the fast pace, three point shooting. Um, you know. I, I, I'm in love with this era's basketball, and I, and I think that 90s basketball is a little bit more slow-paced, and some people consider it the golden age or the heyday and, and the, you know, the good old days. But I think that I'd rather see the best players play in this style, uh, you know, in the sort of modern style, than, than us sort of going back in time. Because I think that the game grows and evolves, and it becomes better as it does that, not worse. Um, and maybe parts of it have become worse. Maybe, maybe you prefer the physicality, but... I think I'd rather see Michael Jordan in a game that has become overall more talented um, in, in, in a better league today than it was 30 years ago. Um, yeah, I, I like don't watch, I don't watch liking or I don't like watching 90s games. Like I, I remember just watching like like a 2001 playoff game, like Sixers versus Pistons, and I like it. It like kind of ruined my day. Like it was, it was, it was, it was like, it was like the conference finals and it like made me upset for the next few hours. I was just like, really? uh, you know, like, you know, like those, uh, those satisfying videos. Yeah. 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 Like the opposite. It's like the opposite. <laughs> like you could sell money and do like unsatisfying videos. Yeah. I, I get the counter argument is that like you watch Michael Jordan and LeBron James in any era and they're going to light it up and be awesome to watch in, in every reason. And I don't know if I totally agree with like, it would ruin my day to watch Chinese basketball. I think basketball in general is awesome to watch. Uh, I'll go watch high school basketball and be perfectly happy, but uh, well, it's my games next year. If it doesn't uh, get canceled. Of course, of course. Um, hopefully I'll be actually commentating some of that. I did, them, I did that once this yeah. year. It was, a, it was a good time. Um, but you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to have to go, Michael Jordan in today's era. Uh, today's era is more, you know, sort of my home and what I'm comfortable with. Uh, and, and I'd like to see Michael Jordan in that, not vice versa. All right. Coming from Marcus Shaw, the boy, uh, who would you rather not have been injured? Tracy McGrady or Penny Hardaway? For me, I think I'm going to go Penny Hardaway, although I don't know that much about either of their injuries. Um, that's me being a 17 year old yeah. and not knowing my history, but I think I'm going to go Penny Hardaway just cause I feel like we got a very clear idea of what Tracy McGrady was as at like mm-hmm. his peak, you know? So yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if we reached that with Penny Hardaway, honestly. So I, I'm just going to go that by default and then crawl into my 17 year old shadow. You know, I, I, I might have to do a little bit more research on this, but I do know, I think, a little bit more about Tracy McGrady's career than I do about Penny Hardaway's. Um, and, and for context, Tracy McGrady led the NBA in scoring twice uh, with like 32 points per game, I think is his highest for a single season. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so there's an argument to be made that like Tracy McGrady for his like, you know, prime couple of seasons was the same caliber of scorer as anybody in NBA history. Um, yeah. and, and, and so... 
you know, who knows, maybe even if he had stayed healthy, he wouldn't have been able to, you know, really stretch that out. But I think we saw him kind of go down at a really interesting time in his career where he had just gone from the magic to the rockets to join Yao Ming. Because of course, when he was on the magic Grant Hill, who was supposed to be his running mate suffered injuries of his own. And so maybe if there's another, what if there is if Grant Hill had stayed healthy, then what would have happened to that magic team? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Tim, I'm pretty sure Tim Duncan was supposed to join that team. He almost did. Yeah. Um, that's, that's another, I forgot about that to be honest with you, but yeah, if Grant Hill had stayed healthy, Tim Duncan might have joined that team in free agency because they would have been a juggernaut, you know? Um, but the, so, so then I, I guess I think that I, I think it would have been really interesting to see Yao Ming and, you know, a fully healthy Tracy McGrady because I, I, I don't, I, I don't really know the timeline of when he really fell off. I think that it was sort of kind of, as he got to the Rockets, he started to really you know, suffer and, and never really played a full season with the Rockets. Um, but we could have gotten a lot more 13 points and 30 seconds moments potentially from that, you know, Tracy Yao team, maybe even an NBA championship. And maybe you say the same thing about the NBA championship with, with Penny Hardaway um, and Shaq. But I guess the reason that I'm a little bit less tempted by that, that sort of what if, if Penny Hardaway had stayed healthy is we, Shaq went on to win, you know, uh, four championships or whatever it was he went on to he went on to have an awesome career regardless with Dwayne Wade and with Kobe Bryant he went on to play with awesome awesome guards some of the greatest players in, in NBA history in their own right um, and, and so we saw Shaq who is the the better player out of those two play with really awesome teammates um, and, and accomplished a lot in his career and now that's a little bit harsh for for Penny Hardaway gets sort of ignoring him and just viewing him as Shaq's sidekick. Um, but I guess I, I like the what if of, of Tracy McGrady a little bit more, I think. Awesome. I, I, I go Penny probably. Um, just, mm-hmm. I feel like, like him and him and Shaq could done a bit more or like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like he's just one of those guys who's just not brought up unless you're like, Oh, what about Penny Hardaway? Like, like, yeah, I feel like, like mm-hmm. tr- people talk about Tracy McGrady, like, like he's in like rap songs and stuff. Like, that's yeah. the easiest cop out, like number one, tracing great. But I feel like people don't really talk about Penny Hardaway like that. I was just going down the list here, and I'm gonna skip ahead because I love this one. Yeah. Would Would you rather fight Ron Artest or Ben Wallace? Coming from <laughs> Vinny. Vinny um, Sirache has a, a bunch of bangers questions on this list. So that is a really good one. Um, yeah. Shout out to Vinny for that. I I guess. I have an image ingrained in my head of, of Ron Artest winding up and just punching the hell out of somebody in the palace. Um, you know, of course, the Malice of the Palace is, is the most infamous fight in NBA history. And while Ben Wallace is a monstrous man in his own right and not somebody you would ever want to get into a fight, to, a fight with, um, <laughs> I guess I have a more clear example of what fighting Ron Artest would look like. And so... I guess by default, um, and not not to say that I would I'm willing to fight Ben Wallace, but I think I'd have to go with Ben Wallace here. You mean you mean Ron Artest? I guess who would I rather fight, Ben Wallace? Oh no, you I, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think, would. I think Ron Artest would think be the worst I, fight. I know. I feel like I would rather fight Ron Artest just because I feel like he's. I feel like Ben Wallace is just like a tank. I yeah. feel like I feel like. 
in in if you're just like in an open field, I would go <laughs> Ben Wallace because I feel like you might be able to like outrun him. You just might just like put on the burners and just go. Except um, Ben Wallace was like six eight. Like it's not like he was seven no, like a seven ben, footer no, yeah, that no, you know, ben, was Wallace, thick. ben Wallace is six nine, but I feel like I feel like he's more of a big and I feel like mm-hmm. Martes was just like like lateral quickness was like much better. I feel like his reach is even better, maybe because of the like the punching video. So I think I would rather <laughs> I would rather This is a weird scenario. <laughs> no, no, because because if yeah, if we're in an open field, I, I'm just why I'm just doing, I'm I doing think it's supposed to be. I'm, just, I'm putting on the brakes. I think you're supposed to picture this as on an NBA court, not in an open field. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture it in like an alley. <laughs> I, I I guess yeah, like like no, a, like a random fight. Yeah, but no, because the thing is like no, I feel like just Ben Wallace is like just more huge and just more jacked, right? I, I don't know. I feel like like the videos of the Mouse of the Palace, like like yeah, Ron Artest is like strong, but he's all yeah. he's not like I don't think he's like jacked jacked compared to ben wallace no ben um, wallace if you look at pictures of ben wallace is a is a scarier figure I, I so i feel like i might be able to like negotiate with ron artest because like he's got the whole meta world peace thing he's a little bit reformed in his well, are we talking about like i, I think he was reformed post malice the palace though yeah but but it was always inside of him and, and this is before he changed his name if he's still ron artest it's not who, yeah, who would you rather but, fight ben wallace or meta world peace yeah, but even even after he he changed his name to Metal World Peace, that was when he like elbowed James Harden in the in the head. If you remember True. that, True. Um, so yeah, I I'll, feel like I, a, I'll take my money with with Meta, Ron. I, 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 I think Ron Artest has got like some pent up aggression or something though. Like, man, like why why do we have this sort of recurring theme of him taking a cheap shots at people? I don't know. I, yeah. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh with Ben Wallace here. Yep. Okay, Nick Marzan says, would you rather have a four-point line or not? Interesting. Mm. Um, I would not just because I think it would shake up basketball way too much. Um, and I know uh, MLB is having this problem, but just on a more fundamental level because the owners and the United States are like, yeah, baseball is cool and all, but it's just hella slow and we don't have that attention span. So the MLB was trying to implement like, pitch clocks and maybe in, in extra innings apparently for the for the shortened season I think they're they start extra innings with a runner on second base and then like the players huh. hated it and the fans hated it and they're like you're messing up the entire you're, you're messing up the best sport on earth or something like that so yeah I know I know, I know the players and the fans of baseball have this issue where they just they just do not want baseball to change at all Mm-hmm. And I respect that, but I think it is a bit to their detriment, especially because the players, for some reason, the MLB, the players are very just, they want to play baseball and they just want to go home to their family, whereas opposed to basketball and even and even football have a bit more drip and a bit more of like a brand value. Um, but I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm siding with baseball on this one. Like, don't shake up basketball that much. Like, it would be cool. But would my high school games also have a four-point line? Like, mm-hmm. so I know, like, my local gym, like, they, they moved the college line back, and no one really talked about it, but they moved the college line back. So at my local gym, they moved the college line back, and I'm like, oh, this is different. This is weird. Um, I think moving the college line back was good, but just adding an extra, like, point, like, that, that's messing with the score, you know? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say, is, is I think it almost devalues – the regular two pointer too much um, is if then if you had a four point line that 
that you, you know you can you can score you can score twice as many points in a single <laughs> possession as you can in the original you know just like a, a layup or a dunk, um, which is sort of the most fundamental way to score in basketball. Um, and, and so I think that that four points is it just almost throws off the balance too much where you get, it's like, why? Okay. So, so right now it's like, okay, you either take layups or three pointers because layups are still percentage wise. You know, you shoot a certain percentage on layups or sorry, if you, if you shoot, if you, let's say you shoot 80% on layups and you shoot, uh, you know, 35, 40% on threes, it's like, those are both highly efficient shots. Um, whereas, you know, then shooting 50% on mid range is a lot less, you know, you get fewer yeah, actual points per possession than here, shooting 40% on threes. The math behind it is yeah. shooting 40% from three is equal to shooting 60% from two. And so, no one shoots 60% from mid range. Mm-hmm, so, exactly. So that's the math behind it. Like, and layups are more efficient, but mid-ranges are never more efficient. The problem is that if you're to create a four-point line, you need to make it so that the percentage that you would, at which you would make four-pointers. Like you, it's, an elite rate would have to be 30% like, from four-point range. Like probably less. Um, because you, you, you want to you make it so that it's not, you don't just shoot four-pointers every time down the court. Um Yeah. Because oh, because like the defense wouldn't really contest either. Like they would be open. Well, then if the, if the defense contests out to, there, then that just because no, because if the defense contests out, then that's just a blow by. You know, I mean, you'd really have to dive into the math here and figure out, you know, like what's the risk going to be. Um, but you'd have to make it essentially. What I'm saying is, you have to make it far enough away that people aren't going to shoot a high enough percentage that. Three, taking taking that three pointers become the new mid range, and that two pointers become meaningless, and that it's either you shoot three pointers or four pointers, um, or some maybe even just four pointers, um, because as as technology improves and, and is it, it makes it far more easy for NBA teams to take deep dives into the analytics and the statistics, and that's why you're sort of seeing the elimination of back to the basket bigs or mid range pull ups, um, sort of slowly the NBA and its coaches and, and training staff and things like that are just sort of trying to find the, this, the most efficient shots possible. And so you want your players taking layups, three pointers. And, and so you have to prevent at all costs, making it even more restrictive and, and it's only four player, four pointers now. Uh, and, and so once again, I just think it throws off the balance of the game too much. And, and it, and, and this, that's, I don't know about the numbers thing that, that, quite so much the three for the three-point line but but at the same time people were very into the three-point line when it was first introduced for throwing off the balance of the game you know and and the purists were like okay you're ruining basketball and now it's such an important and in, in welcomed in, in fundamental part of the game it's it's one of the first things that that kids work on and want to practice um yeah and also but i don't think the four-point line would be the same way yeah and and think about it let's say you create the perfect distance to where you shoot like 25% on four pointers. Like that's, that's what everyone does. That's hella boring to watch. Like imagine mm-hmm. like a player shooting like a normal shot in a game and you're supposed to be satisfied with that shot. And it goes in once every four times like that. No, that's just trash. So yeah, we're, we're both, we're both no on that one. Next up with Nick Marzan saying, would you rather have seen Vince Carter or John Stockton win a ring? Here you go. 
Hmm. Um, I don't know. Personally, I'm, I'm not that attached to Vince Carter. Uh, cool dude. I'm not either. I, I don't, I yeah. don't get the, I don't get the hype. Like I, I, I understand the hype. He's a cool dude. Cool dunks. Like, uh, it, I guess like, I'm sort of of the opinion that like Vince Carter sort of made a lot of bizarre mistakes and decisions in his career. And so like, I don't, I'm not like, wow, that guy really deserves a ring. And, and, and I'm, I'm cool with the way that it played out that John Stockton never won a ring and John Stockton and Carl Malone never won a ring. So I'm not, I wouldn't say that for either of these guys. I'm like really upset that they didn't, they didn't get one. And, and partially that's because uh, I, I haven't seen, I haven't like lived through, you know, like I'd much rather Chris Paul get a ring to be honest with you, because I've grown up watching Chris Paul. Um, yeah. And, and so it feels more like he deserves one because he's had bad luck with injuries and I'm more, I'm more familiar with his story. Um, so John Stockton and, and uh, who is the other person? Um, Vince. Vince yeah, Carter. Sorry. Brain fart there. But John Stockton and Vince Carter, I don't know. I, I'm not personally that attached to them. But I, I guess I'll go with John Stockton because I think that John Stockton has one of the most impressive resumes um, out there. But the two biggest knocks that you have on him is that he lost more times in the first round than uh, – he, or he – he had more first round exits, exits than appearances in the conference finals, I think, or maybe just the, the finals. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then the other, the other knock is that if you look at his MVP voting appearances, he's actually, he was never really top 10 in MVP voting. Um, it's really? somebody that, that people argue is like a top 30 player of all time. He doesn't have those specific things to back it up. And that could really change his case for, you know, one of the top, you know, three, four point guards of all time, um, which some people argue he is. Uh, if he I think most people argue he is. Um, yeah. I just even without the ring. Um, I, I would go Stockton here just because, I, I don't know, I've never bought into the, like, Vince, like, hype. Like, ESPN had him in his, like, top 75 players and didn't have Dwight Howard. And that just yeah. kind of got me upset. That's, that was, was really like, weird. Yeah, that was very weird. So I feel like it's just recency bias, and you're just grown up to like Vince. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't dislike Vince whatsoever. Um, some of his dunks are just like disgusting. Like they, you watch them, and like you just feel like that it should not be allowed. Um, yeah. But I, know I would go. I would go Stockton, um, just because I don't know the the sh- the sheer magnitude of of his like assist and steal numbers is just so impressive. Yeah. It's like it like it makes me smile. Just like his prolific passing i guess to put one one last point out there i I think that john stockton at least in my opinion is more of a player who contributes to winning um maybe because in in the counter example is that okay vince carter had those nets teams that went to uh uh the the finals they there was two nets teams that went that went to the finals back to back but I, i don't really know much about those teams but people say that they you know, we're one of the weakest finals teams of all time. Um, and, and it was just the product of an incredibly bad Eastern Conference that they even made those appearances. Um, and so, you, you know, that was kind of a fluke and they shouldn't really have been there in the first place. And the people also say sometimes that, like, he was the third best player in those teams. Like, you know, maybe you have Jason Kidd and uh, Richard Jefferson or even Kenyon Martin ahead of him. Um, now, I don't know. You can you can rank those however you want. I, I don't really know much about those teams, like I said. But – uh, whereas I, I guess I feel like John Stockton and Carl Malone were, were sort of knocking on the door of um, the Chicago Bulls for a handful of years. Um, yeah. and, and they ran into it, arguably the greatest team of all time, greatest dynasty ever. Um, 
And yeah, so I don't know. I feel like John Stockton came closer. Um, this is an interesting one. I don't know if you put it because we had a few examples here, but would you rather have a longer or a shorter shot clock? So they don't give us the option to just keep it the way it is. So I my parents for that one. I think that was, that was their, oh, really? uh, their addition. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a good, it's a good question. I guess I, it, it would be weird to have a longer shot clock because like I said, you know, I, I think the game, I, well, this is what I said, you know, when we were talking about those older eras and would you rather see LeBron in the nineties or MJ in today's era? Uh, I guess I think that the game grows, changes and evolves for a reason and that it gets better. Um, and the shot clock used to be longer than it is now, at least. And um, I, I, I think in the, I think, the, yeah, in the NBA, there didn't used to be a shot clock at all. So yes, um, I don't think it was ever longer than 24 seconds, but I think the natural progression would be make it like, you know, 20 seconds instead of 24, not to make it 30 seconds instead of 24. Um, and so I guess if, if I were to have it change, I, I think I would make it shorter, make it a little bit more fast paced. Um, because I think that's the direction the NBA is kind of heading in anyway. Um, but I disagree because I feel like that would force the NBA to go in the direction. I feel like 30 seconds mm. give, gives it more gives it more room to go any direction it wants. It could go into the ISO thing. It could still go into three-pointers. Who cares? Um, but I don't – because, like, I, I, I go through a lot of these discussions through, like, a high school basketball mentality because that's, what, that's mm -hmm. what I do in practice, right? So – with me like with like we have 35 seconds and that's a lot of time to get the shot you want and I, I understand like that sucks when you play defense and you're like damn we've been playing like 28 seconds of good defense and they still can yep. get a shot but and, and yeah but I I would say that it just leaves room for more spurs like offense that's like, true even, oh, yeah. even college was longer until recently and I, I think that's good because in college and in high school you have Pass, you have possessions where you get 10 passes and that's just that's beautiful right even at the pro level yeah uh, i guess the the upside would be that you can you can also get more complicated offensive sets so coaches yeah. get the chance to show off their you know prowess their x's and o's a little bit more um and that you can you can really set up complicated offenses and plays and and, and get the ball moving and you probably get higher efficiency um if you have 30 seconds to find your shot instead of 24 every shot you take statistically should be like marginally better um, because you had six extra seconds to find it. Yeah. In it, it, just feel, it feels like there's more room to create your art, like yeah. to just strategically, uh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then we're going to do this. And then we're going to score. I, I guess the, beautiful. the the weird one about, about this one is like, for example, I would like to see both Michael Jordan play in today's era and LeBron James play in the nineties, but I don't really want either side of this shot clock change i think the shot clock I right now is, is good as it is yeah. um mm -hmm. so i agree so this is one of those would rathers where it's like pick your poison not pick two great things yep uh you pick one i've been doing all the picking uh i guess top one on the list right now is would you rather build around jason kidd or steve nash um i, I guess i'll kick Ooh. it off with with steve nash who's a two-time mvp uh i yeah, I think Jason Kidd. I, I think he's just a better player. Right? But yeah, I, I, I don't know player. how you. I don't know how you pick uh, Jason Kidd when Steve Nash is two-time MVP. The, the the counter argument is to you know to play devil's advocate here. Um, Steve Nash won two two MVPs in the seven seconds or less offense that was specifically built around his strengths. Um, and people have since said that Mike D'Antoni's 
offensive styles with, with those seven seconds or less sons. And now with the modern day Rockets and James Harden is great in the regular season leads to MVP numbers for both of those guys, but can't really lead to a championship. I don't know if I agree with that. I think that both of the, you know, I think that the, the Rockets recently have gotten pretty close um, and, and just ran into the Warriors and tough Western conference. So I, I, I think that I'd still go with Steve Nash and, and you, you might have to get a little bit more specific. It might be a harder rebuild. Um, you need a specific coach and a specific game plan, but I think Steve Nash is just the better player. I completely agree. I have nothing else to say just because it's, it's that straightforward. Yeah. This seems like the easiest question on the list to me. Would you rather watch a rematch of Magic versus Larry rivalry or the Jordan versus Isaiah rivalry? There's, there's a right answer. Yeah. Uh, uh, to me, the right answer is Magic and Larry. Um, okay, you passed. Good job. This is one that my dad came up with because this, this is a question that, that I've gone with to him with in the past is I, I've gone to him and I said, hey, dad, who is better, Magic or Larry? And so I think when he thinks about the NBA, that, that's still a question that he thinks a lot about now because he knows that I asked him that. Um, and, he, and he got to live through that. And, and um, he has great things to say about both those guys and, and about the rivalry and the, the sort of environment about both of them. Uh, and and, and we, we saw a little about the Magic and Isaiah thing um, in the last dance. But I think that it's a more sort of story, yeah, different. longer rivalry. Um, I think that Jordan had a lot of different really good teams that he came up against throughout his career. Um, and, and that Pistons was sort of only a few, uh, like, you know, a couple of years. Uh, and then he kind of passed them out and, and left them in the dust. Whereas Magic versus Larry, they were a lot more friendly, right? And they've gone on to do great things together. Uh, like they played on the yeah. dream team together. They were good friends. But and they played even in college. Uh, you know, I, I from the beginning of their careers to the ends, Magic and Larry are sort of inseparable. Um, and so I think that it's a it's just a better rivalry from overall. Agree. The amount of finals that they were in together ridiculous. Mm -hmm. This is my favorite question. Would you rather have Doc Rivers or Dikembe Mutombo's voice? <laughs> that that's shout totally out Vinny Sirachi, video, bro. Yeah, he he yeah. came with he came hard on these. Yeah, man, the banger. Those are really creative. Um, Pick a voice. So I, I think that, that Dikembe is a little bit more noteworthy. Uh, like, like I think Dikembe is a little bit more iconic. I can, I can totally picture Dikembe's voice in my head, and it's a little bit harder for me to, you know, like think of, of what Doc Rivers' voice sounds, other than that it's like a little bit, you know, scratchy and, and Dikembe-esque. Yeah, scratchy and raspy. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, but I think I think I'm gonna have to go with Doc Rivers because I I think that Dikembe's voice is actually a little bit hard to understand at times because yeah. English is not That's his fair. first language. Um, he has a pretty thick accent on top of having the Cookie Monster voice, uh, and so I think I I don't plan ever in my life moving out of the United States, and so I think as long as I'm talking to other people uh, in English, I, I think I'd rather have Doc Rivers' voice because it makes me easier to understand. To be honest with you, I'm looking up. How many languages can Dikembe Mutombo speak? Because I'm pretty sure it's is like that above a four. trivia fact. He, or? No, he, he can speak six languages, which is hella cool. Man, I, um, so if you're if you're including that shout him out in that. being able to speak, no, you're, we're not. Voice, but that, I just wanted that would yeah. be bonus points. But but yeah, I'm gonna have to go yeah. with Doc Rivers. I'm going Dikembe because 
I'm not really factoring the accent because he can just speak all those languages. Um, <laughs> I, w- I would gl- I would gladly sacrifice an accent to speak six languages. That's yeah, really man. cool. Um, but I'm going because like yeah, I, I don't know. When I hear Dockerverse, I kind of think of like a damaged voice. When I think mm. of Dikembe Mutombo, I just think of the Cookie Monster, and that makes me happy. Um, so yeah, I'm going to Kembe because it's just, it's just so iconic. It's good. Um, <laughs> it, the, the funny thing is that neither of those voices would fit us at all. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> it's all right. We'll live with it. Would, it. it would make good podcasting content <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Would you rather have seen the '90s Bulls live or the early 2000s Lakers live mm. from Nick Marksan? Huh. Um, it's a, it's a good question. Do you want to lead this one off? I feel like I've been sort of, you know, yeah, spearheading yeah, I got you, them. Yeah, you, got you. Um, I would rather see the '90s Bulls live, even though I would only really want to see one player on the Bulls live. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really care about Scottie Pippen. Whereas with the Lakers, I would want to see both Kobe and Shaq, right? But I, with that, I feel like I just maybe it's because I like they they're more recent I feel like I kind of know how they play whereas Jordan even after the last dance is still more of a a question mark like I I feel like because even like Kobe was still in his like prime in like the late 2000s so I just kind of know how he plays and while Shaq isn't like one-dimensional you kind of understand what I mean by that like he's just like he's big he dunks uh he's funny but we see that even today um so I, I feel like I know what I'm getting with the early 2000s Lakers, whereas I still would rather just see Michael Jordan just do his thing. So that's why I'm going Bulls. This answer has probably changed a little bit for me um, since Kobe's passing this year. Um, like, like it makes me a little bit more nostalgic and a little bit more. Yeah. It makes it a harder question for me, actually, because I, I think I'm going to pick Michael Jordan's Bulls anyway. Um but, but that Kobe thing sort of tips it a little bit. Because um, even though I got to see some late Kobe, uh, I don't think I got to, I got to really see prime Kobe, or at least I don't remember that. Um, but I think even though it's close, I, I think I'm still going to go with the 90s Bulls just based off of the way that people talk about those teams. Um, I think it's a little bit of a different kind of league of its own compared to the 2000s Lakers. As much as people are crazy adamant Kobe fans um, and talk about Shaq is the most dominant player ever. Um, I, I don't know. I think there's something special about the Bulls that, that people light up about when they, when they are sort of recalling it. Okay. So shout out to Nick Marzin for that question. The most random and specific question we got was from Connor Ford, another Connor, believe <laughs> it or not. There, there are three. Um, would you rather the Phoenix Suns pushed to make the playoffs. And then I just included the, uh, like, kind of like what the Timberwolves did when they traded for Jimmy Butler, just kind of like go and actually help their young talent or just chill. And try to get like, get, like a better lottery pick. Yeah. Like just like, yeah. Try to get a better lottery pick, wait for their guys to develop, wait for DeAndre Ayton to develop. And then you can maybe go sign someone in like three years or four years when Devin it's- Booker is like 27. If we're talking about this season, first of all, like they they don't have any shot of getting the eight seed. To be totally honest with you, no, no, no. I'm um, talking about the trade deadline's passed. So I'm talking about like next year. So next year, I don't know. I I'm hesitant to ever say. I I, I think that 
anytime a team really tries to sort of go all in and trade away young assets to win now, I, I, I feel like, I shouldn't say every time, but I feel like way more often than not, that backfires. Um, yeah, I agree. I, for, for me, like, I would always be the kid who would tank for two years in my league and then, like, yeah. draft the young guys because it was fun as opposed to just, like, trading for, like, a big contract who's, like, 84 overall, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I would chill just because, like, I have faith in Devin Booker. Like, yeah. He'll be good. The one sort of caveat is that, like, maybe Devin Booker gets pissed off and is like, I want out of Phoenix if you don't do that. Um, and so if they sort of sense that coming, then then sure. Um, you know, maybe you have to trade a Mikel Bridges as, you know, sort of the sacrificial lamb to, to keep Devin Booker. In that case, you do whatever you can to keep Devin Booker because he's a generational player for your franchise. Um, and the same is probably true for DeAndre Aiden, even though he, he's not as proven to this point. Um, but if at all possible, I would just say chill. Like, I don't, I don't think that even if you make the playoffs next year, you're going to really be competitors. I think you're going to probably be a first-round exit. Um, and I think that it's more important to just chill out, let your young talent develop, and continue to build up your young core than try to rush into things before everybody's in their primes and really ready to go and sacrifice your future. Total shift but 10 seconds left on the clock, you're inbounding from the sideline. Who would you rather give the ball to, Kobe or, Le- or LeBron? I think you are Kobe. Down, you are down by one point. Yeah, I, I, I think Kobe. Um, I, I forget where I read this. I have some book about the NBA. Um, but it, 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 it was not only – so it said one thing, which is like we had it, it sort of led to that by saying – Kobe had the most dizzying array of moves inside the three-point line of any player in history, which, which always sticks with me, um, as I think that's one of the best ways to, to picture Kobe's game. Um, dizzying. Yeah. And, and, but then it also said about him that, that no matter what, uh, it, it said, you know, it was talking about clutch players in the same book. And I think it was a, a book of like, the, you know, the top 10 players, you know, in every, like, you know, different categories. One of them was like, top 10 clutch players ever. And, and I'm sure that LeBron and Kobe were both on there. But it said that Kobe, regardless of w- whether the shot got in, he got the shot that he wanted off. So if he just decided he was going to shoot a three over you, he took a three over at you and there was nothing you could do about it. And then whether it went in or not is a different story. But when Kobe decided that he was going to take the last shot, he was going to get up a good shot. It just is, it, I don't know, it just how it is. And, and, and you can watch a bunch of, you know, Kobe highlights or even just Kobe missing game winners, but he, he gets to his spot and he takes a good shot. Um, and maybe it's super contested yeah. off the dribble, but it's like a good shot for Kobe because you can, you can find 10 other examples of him hitting that exact shot. Um, so I'm yeah. going to go with Kobe. The, the example I have is just Kawhi Leonard in, just the, in, in terms of the – getting to your spot and once you get to your spot mm-hmm. it's it's just it's machine work yeah um i feel like that's kobe and i the, the only however like lebron can also just do his own thing and worst case scenario he kicks it out to kyle corver for an open three kyle corver makes it or misses it you're happy with the result however i think i'm going kobe only because he's the better contested shot maker that's mm-hmm. the only reason i'm doing it um because if if it's if it's literally one possession where 
all of a sudden there's three seconds left and they might just throw a double at you last minute. I, I, I just, I'm like, okay, Kobe, just go just shoot it. Why not? You know? If you, if you had to pick a, a, a archetype in 2k for Kobe Bryant, it would be shot creator. Um, and, and, and just based off of those two words, I think you get an idea of why Kobe's the right player that you give the ball to in this scenario. He will create his own shot and, and he will get a shot off. It just is kind of how it happens. And so I think the stereotype, first of all, that LeBron James is not a good clutch time player is completely false. Um, because actually, clutch has nothing to do with this. Yeah. If you look statistically, like LeBron James is one of the highest field goal percentage players, like, you know, over his career in, in clutch time ever, um, like higher than MJ, higher than, you know, whoever else you consider is like Kobe, um, whoever you consider is a, is a super clutch player. But, but I think that you give the edge to Kobe in, in shot creation. Okay, so before we go to Instagram, I know you have the Instagram ones pulled up. Yeah. Last one from Vinny, Vinny Sirace from Brooklyn. Would you rather get punched by Serge Ibaka or kicked in the balls by Draymond Green? Because if people are like Serge Ibaka, like obviously like Draymond Green's iconic for his, for his uh, fiascos, plural. Yeah. Um, with with groins, um, but Ser- like Serge Ibaka, but Serge Ibaka like throws haymakers, bro. Like, like they, it like it, it's like low key iconic. I feel like it gets slept on with people who aren't pretty deep in 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 NBA knowledge. But Serge Ibaka, the, like the force that he just that like he's just like a six ten dude who just like knows how to scrap, you know. Um, so I'm not sure with this one. I think no, I think I'm going Draymond because like if Serge like gets you in the face, like that's like that can actually be very bad for your health. Whereas like I feel like Draymond Green's kick to the nuts isn't worse than any other person's kick to the nuts. You know? Yeah, but at the same time, like I can't think of a worse feeling <laughs> than getting kicked in the nuts. Like. Like, I don't know, because it just says getting punched by Serge Ibaka. I feel like, you know, they're... I'm assuming in the face. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's hard. But but <laughs> because it's not as explicit, uh, because it's a little bit more vague, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with the punch from Serge Ibaka and not <laughs> foot to the nuts from Draymond. <laughs> I'm going Dre just because I'm scared that Serge Ibaka will actually ruin my life um, mm. if he messes up my mm. face whereas like it, it doesn't matter that it's draymond but it does matter that serge Ibaka is 610 and just a beast yeah um true from the, yeah true. yeah so now we're on to instagram ones that were submitted um from instagram and if you're watching this right now follow us on instagram space the floor and follow us on twitter at space at space the floor also yeah uh I, i'm gonna try to get everybody's username right sorry if i totally botch it but the first one from jacob jay's a laser i think it is um is 80 signs to the heat or resigns would you rather to the heat um resounds i think that yeah. it's good for lebron it's good for the nba um to have to have the lakers franchise whereas like the heat is cool too but like are, are you implying that like Giannis goes there too which would not they be would be able to without- afford that they wouldn't be able to afford both AD and Giannis. I'm I, I, I'm 95 percent sure. I you know I don't think you know the salary cap in front of me or whatever. I, don't know. I feel like the Heat would be weirdly good, but like 
no, they, they would be good, but they would be weirdly not entertaining for how good they are. Um, just, I feel like Bam, Ad- Bam Adebayo would, isn't like a highlight reel. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Jimmy Butler is just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, and, and like the rest of the team is just like, they'd be very good. They'd be a well-oiled machine. They would have awesome role players. And Anthony Davis would be Anthony Davis. But I would rather Anthony Davis catching lobs from LeBron than just him like creating his own shots. And, and I, don't, I don't know, maybe it's because he's a big man. But yeah, I'm going that. Yeah, I I don't totally agree with the like the heat wouldn't be entertaining part. Um, but I definitely agree that I'd rather AD just resign with the Lakers. I think as long as um, LeBron is on the Lakers, AD should be there. And I think this is probably in response to AD like uh, didn't extend his contract this year, or maybe like turned down his player option or something like that. He's going to resign with the Lakers anyway. He's absolutely um, going to resign. Yeah, that was just so that he gets like more money next summer or something like that. Um, I forget exactly what the details are, but it, but it was it was just so it was just for his own you know contractual benefit, not uh, next year with the Lakers, not because he's actually going to go sign somewhere else. Um, all right, so next up we have from N Marfino. Would you rather want the Hornets to move or stay? Um, I guess that means like relocating the franchise from from Charlotte. Um, to where though? Yeah, I, I guess that's the like, question. I feel like I feel like I feel like if you just answer this question yes without saying where, that's just like you hating the city of Charlotte. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Charlotte's more the biggest market, but yeah, I, I don't really see, I don't see the problem. I don't know why you would yeah. really. Let's say to make it more interesting, um, what if they would leave and move to Sonics? Seattle? Yeah. That's that's the upside is if you're going to rebrand it as the Seattle Supersonics and move to Seattle, the Seattle Hornets, nah, like I don't know. No, no, we, no, we, we can't but call the, it the Seattle, Seattle Sonics. I guess I, but I don't see why. I don't not. think that's. I'm like I don't think you're allowed to do that. I guess only the Thunder could do that if they move back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like I'm not sure Seattle is a way bigger market than 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 Charlotte is. Um, uh, I don't know. I, like I don't think Seattle is a huge market in the NBA. I, I think it's just like they have committed fans and and there's some nostalgia involved. Um, but I don't know. I'm gonna say I'd rather them just stay. I don't really see why they they would move, especially because correct me if I'm wrong, but they moved, they were the New Orleans Horn New Orleans Hornets and they moved to Charlotte, right? Nah, it, it's it's hella complicated. It's, no, they, they were the Charlotte Bobcats and then they made themselves the Charlotte Hornets. Okay, and then somebody and then, else, and yeah. then the Pelicans were the were the Hornets, and then they became the Pelicans. <laughs> it's complicated. Next question. But they've already rebranded recently, is my point. I yes. Guess. Okay, yes. moving on. Uh, By the way, Thomas if Richardson. Needs to move, if anyone needs to move, it should probably be the Grizzlies because they're broke and their attendance is low. Um, but yeah. Okay. Uh, next up from, from Tom Cassidy. Uh, would you rather have Eric Pascal or Mikael Bridges on your team to come off the bench? Shout out to my Villanova. I was, I was about to say. He must is, know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, let's see. It's an interesting one. Um, I'm going to go Mikhail Bridges, although I don't know what he shot from from three this season. I'll look that up for and, you. Um, thanks. I appreciate it. But I think I'm going to go with Mikhail because he's more versatile. He can play shooting guard, small forward, and even some power forward. Whereas Pascal is kind of like a center, center, and I'm pretty sure he took threes when he t- when he played power forward this year, but like he was pretty bad at them. Um, so I would not want that. In, in like 
who would you want on the Warriors without without anyone just to make them decent? Pascal, he's he's better with the ball in his hands. He's a better shot creator. But I feel like if you have a very good team, then you can just slide Mikhail in. Um, although, just who I like as a player, um, I'm definitely Pascal. Um, he's from New York. He I don't know where he went to high school, but he went to people don't know this, but he went to college at Fordham before he transferred to Villanova. Um, so it's, yeah. it was fun, like playing playing in the states. I was like Eric Pascal played on this court, um, which is cool and a nerdy sentence. Mikel Bridges um, shot thirty five percent for three, while Eric Pascal shot twenty nine. Um, yeah, so and, and uh, Mikel Bridges, Bridges is, is a better defender a too. Bit. Yep, um, and, and I guess so. So as you mentioned, the Fordham thing is is interesting because um, Eric Pascal spent five years in college, um, like a baller. Yeah, but it's but it's only, but it's twenty three, which is actually the same age as Mikel Bridges. Um, so my immediate res- thought was, okay, so Mikel Bridges is like two years younger, but I think he must have been um, like two years before Eric Pascal at Villanova, um, because uh, Mikel Bridges left when he was a junior, uh, and, and Eric Pascal stayed until he was a fifth year senior. Um, but I, I guess the difference is is that. Mikel Bridges, while he doesn't put up enough uh, as many points right now per game as, as Eric Pascal did, uh, I think that's a lot. A lot of that is product of, of the Warriors being horrible this year. Um, and while Eric Pascal had a really good stretch of games where he was really hot, he didn't really stay that hot. Um, so obviously, his 14 points per game is more impressive than Mikel Bridges' nine. Um, but Mikel Bridges is more efficient, um, and, and as you mentioned, is a better defender as well. So I think that Mikel Bridges actually brings more to the table than Eric Pascal does. And I think that he has more room to grow as well, even though they're the same age. Um, I don't see Eric Pascal as a player who's going to continue to take huge steps forward in his game. Whereas uh, I, I guess the same is true for Mikael Bridges, but I think he has a higher ceiling to be honest with you. Not definitely not huge steps forward, but, but could continue to take steps forward, um, become a better three point shooter. Um, because some people, some people say there's a little bit, of a hitch in his jumper um, that I think has already begun to be smoothed out a little bit. He's got an incredible wingspan. And if he puts on a little bit of weight um, would really give himself like one of the most elite perimeter defenders bodies out there. Uh, and all this is, is like you say, kind of nerdy to be talking about Eric Pascal versus Mikhail Bridges, but it's an interesting one. It's something that I'm, I, I, I like speaking to because they're both from Nova. And yeah, we're both nerds. So we can talk yeah. about it. All right, next one. Uh, so from Eamon C three underscore. Uh, oh, he's a him. boy. Yeah, yeah, he's he was been he was I think basically the first person from you know first fan of the podcast who reached out to us on social media. So shout out to him. Um, he said, "Would you rather have Bam or Sabonis?" Uh, and this is the this is an interesting one because this we, season we're going. We, we've forward. kind of talked about this. Uh, I, I think we maybe have. on our like All Star thing or something, uh, the All Star draft maybe. Um, but in a, in a yeah. somewhat recent episode. So let's just say for this season, correct? Um, I, I'm I'm gonna say like like who would you rather have is like you know a franchise cornerstone kind of guy, maybe not the best player, but like to you know have on your team. I'm gonna go Bam Adebayo. I think he's better defensively. He can switch onto guards. He can protect the rim. Uh, just overall, he's just I think he can cover more territory than Sabonis and. While Sabonis probably has more flexibility playing power forward and center, I think Bam offers more on the defensive end. 
Uh, he's a slightly worse rebounder than Sabonis, but he's also like he's not bad for his position. Um, and then on the offensive end, he can just do everything you want of a current center and more because not only is he just good post player, good screen setter, good roller, um, good finisher. He's very athletic, probably more athletic than Sabonis. I also think that just his passing ability and his ball handling ability. Well, well, Sabonis is a good passer too. Like the like the pace art, the Pacers offense. It works where they they initially give him the ball and then they like do a bunch of backdoor cuts and, and Sabonis just catches it and throws it. Bill I think Walton Bam esque. has, yeah, Bam Bam has a bit more of a Jokic esque thing where he actually dribbles, mm-hmm. um, and that's just more impressive to me because he he dribbles and he kind of creates shots for his team, whereas Sabonis kind of just takes opportunities of cutters. Yeah, when when we originally had this argument, I, I'm not sure you were totally on side Sabonis, but I, I remember being like, like I was more partial. Uh, yeah. I was definitely advocating yeah. for Bam um, in that case. And, and I guess I, I, I immediately said like, okay, his passing, his offensive versatility is more than Sabonis. And then I was like, okay, actually Sabonis shoots about the same from three and, and is, has, yeah. averages the same assist per game is a little bit yeah. better rebounder. But I think, as you mentioned, the defensive versatility of Bam is what really sets him apart. So even mm-hmm. if, you said Sabonis is the advantage of kind of the four or five on offense. Bam is the advantage if he can guard probably four positions um, and you, maybe everything except for point guard. Um, won the skills challenges here. Shout out to him for that. Uh, also very impressive. Baller. But although Sabonis, I think, was – they matched up like in the final round. In the finals. That was yeah. sick. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm going to agree awesome. with you and go with Bam here. Um, although two awesome, you know, future of the NBA kind of bigs. Um, That's a very good question. Yeah. And the last one is from my boy Summer Afternoons. Um, would you rather have LeBron play on your team for three years or Popovich be your coach for 10 years? That's a fire question. That's um, a really good one. Uh, I hmm, Depends what I want. Because if I just want my team to like be pretty good, like if I'm in a small market, yep. I need to make money, yep. then I'm going Popovich because that's just sustained five seed right just automatic and like not automatically but assuming you put up put out a decent team he'll get you there right yeah um especially because if if i'm a small market then nba playoff money is just ridiculous um that like people sleep on that like nba playoff money just can save a franchise but i am going for the glory with lebron james because mm-hmm. while you can argue that, like, oh, if the Heat just didn't have good management, then, like, they would have been trash once LeBron left because LeBron did not put them in a good position. Like, they forced uh, – LeBron forced them to draft Shabazz Napier and then just dipped. Um, talk about just like, a, just, like, a double middle finger as you walk out the door. But yeah, I think – yeah, but I, th- I think that in those 10 years, like, you'll still have to work to get – a LeBron to come to your team but if you're handed LeBron then for three years then you still have the seven years to still be decent you know yeah uh, and I mean great things happened with Popovich as the Spurs coach um but at the same time it took a lot of things going right for that all to happen you know like they got incredibly lucky that Manu Ginobili as like the 57th pick turned out to be an incredible, you know, star kind of player in the NBA. Same thing with Tony Parker was, you know, I, I don't remember where he was taken, but, uh, you know, outside the lottery for sure. Um, 
Tim Duncan, they locked into the first overall pick because David Robinson was injured um, for, you know, for like half of a season. And so they were just, you know, they won 20 games with David Robinson being an all NBA first team caliber guy. Um, So a lot of things just fell into place for this, for the Spurs. And then they wanted to win to be in the playoffs for 20 years in a row, probably ending with this season. So as you said, I, you know, you, you probably should credit a lot of that, not all of it to Popovich. So it was good luck. So it was, it was, you know, the franchise itself, you know, people around Popovich, good scouting and whatnot. Um, good things happen with Popovich, the Spurs head coach, and, and, and continue to be happening because they're not even out of the playoffs yet. Um, but the one thing about LeBron James is that he takes you from, you know, kind of a, a, a bad, like outside the, the playoffs team slash, you know, like an eight seed team to being like consistently in the finals. Um, and so if you're looking for a chance to win the NBA championship, you have no better shot at that than, than with LeBron James in your roster. And the thing about LeBron is that when you have LeBron, super teams tend to follow. So you don't just get LeBron when you get LeBron. Yeah. When you get LeBron James, you tend to get a Chris Bosh signing with you in free agency, or you tend to get that trade for Kevin Love. Um, good things tend to happen also when LeBron James comes to town. Um, so I, I think, I think you take your three-year shot with LeBron James because I think there's a pretty high, high chance that in three years you win a championship. And I think that we're going to see that with the Lakers um, the next couple of years. Uh, whereas, yeah, you know, 10 years of pop, it, it, you don't have that guaranteed star that will take you to a championship. Even if you have probably guaranteed great X's and O's. All right. Well, this was an awesome episode. Um, NBA Would You Rather. It was fire. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Follow us on Instagram at Space the Floor Podcast, on Twitter at Space the Floor. Uh, if you listen on YouTube, like and subscribe. We appreciate it. And uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. And thank you so much for watching. My name is Connor Gielen. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace. Shout out to Dikembe Mutombo and Polly Glotz. And let us know if we should do a part two. Yeah. <laughs>